everyone, it's Mike, and welcome to the latest episode of The Happiness Project. I live with mental illness, and what I've been trying to do in this podcast is to normalize what mental illness is, just like we talk about cancer, like it's a normal thing that unfortunately people have to deal with, just like we talk about other things that affect the brain and nervous system, like epilepsy, uh, Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Parkinson's disease. These are all things that affect the same part of our body, yet there's only one of them that we won't talk about. So let's start talking about that. Let's start making it a normal thing we can talk about, and let's not treat it like a monster in a cage. I've said that before. It's not a monster in a cage. It's only as powerful as we make it. This time around, I want to talk about the language and the vocabulary around mental illness. And like everything uh, regarding this condition, it's complicated. At what point do we use terms like crazy to describe antisocial behavior or just plain bad behavior or bad decisions? And when do we, when are we aware of the wording that we're using around mental illness. Now, I'm not someone who fully subscribes to political correctness in every facet of my life. I think there are times when we need to be sensitive, and I think there are other times where everyone has good, just has to chill out. So when I'm talking about the language around mental illness, I'm talking about, and I'm going to use some of the, you know, not as offense, some of the terms that are not as offensive. What do we say when we see people who might be acting out of the ordinary? They're crazy. Not quite there. Out to lunch. That person's a basket case. That person's nuts. You know, and these are some of the more tame expressions I've heard. I've, I've heard um, much worse than that. And I want to stress the point that it's okay to use some of this language depending on the context context in which it is used. Are we saying this stuff because we're joking around with people that we care about? Um, or are we using it to be mean-spirited? Or are, are we just using, you know, this language to maybe describe a bad decision? Like, let's say you're watching... Uh, you know, the football game or you're watching a game on TV and you see one of the athletes, you know, make a huge mistake. And you're like, oh, man, well, what were they thinking? Are they nuts doing that? Why were they passing it to that person? Or, you know, why were they doing that? That's okay. It's natural. You know, and you know, I'm not going to nitpick over people using terms like terms like that in that context. But when it comes to people who are living with mental illness, I really advocate something. And it's not just me. There's other people that uses as well. Just say we're sick. Just say we're living with mental illness. Uh, a great example is there's a broadcaster that many people here in Canada know, a longtime personality on TSN, at times somewhat controversial, but um, someone who's lived with depression in his lifetime. His name is Michael Landsberg, and he founded a mental health group called Sick Not Weak. 
And I think that really sums it up. And I, I can tell you from personal experience, I have broken my leg. I have broken bones in both my arms playing sports. I have had, I just had knee surgery not too long ago. You know, I've had some painful things happen to me physically. But I can tell you, living with mental illness, it's been one of the most painful experiences in my life. And I'm not talking about painful mentally. I'm talking about painful physically. When I talk about how do we describe people with mental illness, uh, I, I like it when, when people are specific. If you are someone who's suffering, just say, you know, I, I live with an anxiety disorder. I have depression. I have bipolar disorder. Um, that is if you're comfortable doing it. I know not everyone is comfortable doing it. Me, I will tell people that I live with mental illness. Um, I have been told through a counselor that I have what they felt was called impulse control disorder, ICD. It's kind of a, I like to think it's a distant cousin to OCD, which is obsessive compulsive um, disorder. But it's not quite the same thing. For me, it was described to me that my ICD causes negative thoughts to persist in my brain in a way that is not normal. So I think there are a lot of ways we can describe people with mental illness or talk about it in a way that's, I'm not even going to say positive. I'm just going to say in a way that's factual, that's neutral. I am, I'm not a believer in people who say, oh, you just have to think positively. No, I, I don't think that's the case at all because, you know, life isn't always positive. There are ups and downs. I've always been an advocate of seeing life for what it is, the good and the bad. Um, I've mentioned before that, uh, you know, I spent 10 years as a journalist. And one of the things they teach you as a journalist is to be neutral, to seek the facts. So I kind of look at mental illness the same way, seeking the facts. And I'll tell you, why is the word sick important to me when we're dealing with mental illness. I don't know about the people out there who are living with mental illness, what their physical symptoms are, but I know that you can be sick to your stomach. You can be physically weak. You can be lethargic. You can be achy. You can have digestional issues. You can have nausea. The list of symptoms, surprisingly, is quite long. And I've mentioned this before. You need to remember, especially if, if you don't live with a mental illness, you need to remember what controls our thinking, our brain. But how does that process work? Well, I mean, we're not 100% sure that we understand all of the inner workings of mental illness, but in the brain, you have chemical reactions. You have electrical impulses between the brain and your nervous system. You have a drug, the, the happy drug called serotonin. You have the uh, fight or flight response chemical that is produced in your body called cortisol. These are all physical things. They're all part of the physical processes of your body. And as I've mentioned, we don't know everything. 
about depression. We don't know everything about anxiety. We don't know about the inner workings of some of these conditions and how they affect the brain. Um, I, I was actually, just before I was recording this, I was reading about, they were talking about research about stimulating the vagus nerve as a way of treating mental illness. The vagus nerve is a physical thing in your body that you can, well, you can't see it since it's, but what I'm saying is it's something that you can feel touch, so to speak. So when I say sick, and when I talk about these, you know, specific descriptors of what these people are feeling, it's because I'm trying to stress the point. This is not something that people choose. This is not something that people make up in their head. This is a physical thing. You can't see it, but it's a physical ailment. So I want to stress that point to remember the physical component. And for those who are trying to help someone who is mentally ill, I think it I think it really helps to remember that physical component because I think it could go a long way in helping you to be compassionate. This leads me to a point where uh, I want to talk briefly about, you know, the faith component of my journey. Um, I think sadly, in some ways, we haven't made a lot of progress since the times of Jesus. And if you are Christian, if you've read the Gospels, if you've read the Bible, you'll find there are a number of stories about Jesus healing people who were possessed by demons. It's a very common story. Some of the stories about um, the so-called demoniacs in the Bible, quite disturbing. You know, these were people that were cast out of everyday society and left to live on the edges of cities and towns, you know, much like the lepers. But you know, I've seen some scholarly notes in Bibles that suggest some of these people that Jesus healed, they were not possessed, but they were suffering from mental illness. The reason they were called demoniacs or they were called possessed was because that was how people in Jesus' time were able to understand the behavior of some of these people. It was a demon possessing them. That There wasn't that understanding of depression and mental illness like we have today. But, and that kind of leads me to a point. To me, this is something the churches should be talking about and all faith communities should be talking about. This was something that Jesus was clearly trying to show people in his time on this earth. He was telling them, there is nothing to be afraid of. Just as there was nothing to be afraid of with people who had skin conditions in Jesus' time who were often called lepers, even though they weren't lepers. They had, you know, psoriasis, for example, or eczema. I, You know, it, it kind of discourages me a little bit that there isn't more of a conversation in faith communities about mental illness because I think it's a prime opportunity for these communities, these compassionate communities, ideally, to show love to their fellow parishioners, their, you know, their, their fellow members of their family of faith. And so, I, I, I mean, I, I would really like to see that type of movement. That's one of the reasons why when I started the Happiness Project, I had the goal of expanding this 
to become a men's mental health initiative in the Knights of Columbus. And I, you know, I've mentioned before that I'm a member of my local Knights of Columbus Council, which, you know, it's a men's organization um, focused on charity within the, the Catholic Church. This kind of leads me to a story. Um, when I was starting the Happiness Project and we were talking about how are we going to present this group, I had an interesting conversation with some people where we talked about do we talk about people with mental living with a mental illness or i remember there was a suggestion should we talk about people who were what was it people who were having a problem with a deficit of mental wellness or they were having trouble maintaining mental wellness or it was something to the effect of we can't use mental illness we need to use people having trouble with mental wellness and there was a debate over which term to use and i have to say in this case I thought these people were dead wrong. Good intentions. They were good intentions. They want to help. But I think in this case, these good intentions were about to lead to bad choices. And I strongly advocated that we can't hide the fact that it, it's called mental illness. Just like we don't hide the fact that people have cancer there or someone has a you know like it by saying someone has cancer by not saying they have cancer it it it, it, it seemed totally counterproductive to me and I was really happy that when I was talking with these people and we had this discussion they came around to the point of view that yeah let's just call it what it is and and it, 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 but it did, it, that conversation stayed with me for some time because it just only reinforced in my mind how much work we still have to do just to normalize the term. There's that component of it. I think faith communities can do a better job. You know, I, um, it's something that I have tried to push within my own faith community. And while there has been a lot of um, support for it, when it comes time to actually implementing that support by doing things, I, I, I still see that there's a long way to go. And it's not just my, and I'm not singling out my faith community. I'm, this is the same for, you know, for, for a lot of people in society. Like, I think on an intellectual level, everyone says, yeah, you know, we need to do more about this. But when it comes to time to actually doing something, people sometimes, they will kind of back away. So my suggestion is, let's use the right terms. Let's start by normalizing it and I, I i think that's one of the smallest things we can do towards reaching that goal of normalizing it it's okay to laugh about um, things like this, it's okay to use some of these words if we're just joking around and it's not in a mean-spirited way. That's my personal opinion. Some people might feel differently. I think we all need to understand the context of the words that we're using. I would encourage you to use the right language. You know, don't be afraid to joke around amongst people that you care about. Um, but just try and be conscious of what depression mental illness is as always i would encourage you if you are suffering or someone you know is suffering to please seek the help 
of a professional in your community. There are resources in every community. Some are free, some are paid. By all means, make use of those professionals. They can help you. And if you want to get in touch with us at The Happiness Project, the easiest way is to search Happiness Project Ottawa on Facebook. There you'll find our Facebook page with links to our email and our website. I'm Mike. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you again. God bless.